you're listening to Connection Church's podcast. Well, good morning. It feels like it's been like two years since we met, but it's only been a week. So uh, I'm glad to be back up here and glad to see you out there and, and just excited about all that God's doing um, in the church and outside of the church and uh, just looking forward to seeing him do more things and uh, excited about the one-on-one project and just all the things that are happening. We mentioned on there that Dublin will be launching January 8th. That means they'll be starting up January 8th, but um, we're actually having a vision night up there tonight at six o'clock and we're really excited about that. Just an opportunity for us to tell, uh, somebody dropped their battery, um, for us to tell other people about who we are and what God's put in our heart to do and to share our heart with them. And so anyway, um, we're excited about that. If you'll be praying about that, that would be awesome. And uh, just excited about all the stuff, the transitional housing, the Seventh Mile Farm, all of those things that you heard in that video, we're really excited about and just looking forward to seeing how God works in and through all of those things. Um, So Anyway, today we are starting, uh, or actually starting a message out of a series that we've been doing called Dark Corners. Um, We're still in this series for this week and next week. And so we'll be talking uh, about those places in our hearts that many times um, we keep in the corners of our hearts. A lot of times these are things that we're talking about that don't... uh, Um, always come out that oftentimes we try to keep them tucked away sometimes they're not very pretty sometimes we just don't want to deal with them and so we're talking about those things Um, I do want to acknowledge before we jump in today though um, that it's been a a tough week for a lot of people and before we pray and jump into this message I just want to acknowledge the fact that um, it's been been a challenge with the storm and um, with um, losing Matthew Ward and just the different things that have gone on, the power outages and challenges that we face um, has, has made it difficult. And I would tell you the thing that's been on my heart and the reason I share this is just, it's brought to me just the realization again in a bigger way of how much we really need God, um, how much we really need his spirit working in our hearts, um, how much we need his spirit for strength, how we can't do this on our own. And so today as we get into his word and as you go about your day, my prayer is that you would call on the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, We're about to go to him in prayer. We're going to call on the power of the Holy Spirit to move in our hearts today through this message. And so um, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Galatians chapter 3. And we're going to be reading verses 23 through 29. And as we read this, um, just let God speak to your heart. And let's, let's let God do something in us that only he can do in us. Let's let him um, challenge us. Today we're going to be talking about the topic of prejudice. And my prayer is that God works in our hearts in a very real and very powerful way. And we become the church that God wants us to become. The big C church, the, the church universal, the worldwide church that God wants us to become. A people of every tribe and every tongue and every nation that serves Jesus and becomes that glorious church. So let's read these verses, we'll pray, and we'll jump in. It says in verse 23, before the coming of this faith, meaning becoming of Jesus and salvation through Jesus, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. Now that faith has come, we're no longer under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. 
For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Let's pray. Father, thank you for who you are and your love for us and your grace in our lives. Jesus, thank you for the power of the cross and what you did for us on the cross, making a way for us to come to you and to the Father. Holy Spirit, thank you that you give us power, that you give us the ability to live the life you've called us to live. We call on you now to come and to move in our hearts. We call on you to come and not just let this be an ordinary time, but it be extraordinary and supernatural filled with your spirit. God, we love you and thank you for loving us and for all the good things you do in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Well, about a year and a half ago, um, I was able to go up to Minneapolis and we were able to go and do a a thing called Engage Global. And this Engage Global uh, was basically a, a missions, it's a missions organization that teaches you about the different cultures of uh um, different peoples and different backgrounds and different religions and you learn about all these and not only do you learn about them you also go out into the community um, a lot of people don't realize that Minneapolis is actually one of the most diverse cities in the United States and so they've got people from Buddhist backgrounds and Hindu backgrounds and Muslim backgrounds and, and just large numbers of these people that live in Minneapolis and so we had an opportunity to go to a Somali uh, market And in the Somali market, we went um, and we got to share Christ with um, a lot of the Muslims who were there, the Somalis who had come into our country. And as we were doing that, I met this guy named Abula. And Abula was was interesting. He he basically put me down for two hours, I'm just telling you. And, uh, And we talked, but we got to share Christ and we got to talk and he was at least willing to engage us in conversation. But me and a friend of mine named Joe were standing there and talking to him for about two hours. And after a long, long time, he said, uh, this bell rang and he said, it's time for the evening prayer. And so I don't know what, what possessed me to say this, but I did. I said, well, can we go with you? And he looked at me and he was like, ah, yeah, come on. And so I was already a little hesitant about going after that. But we go and he's leading us down all of these back corridors and and it it looked like a scene from Taken or something like that where we were going up these stairs. I mean, it was like dimly lit stairs and and we're going and I'm like, I'm dead, I'm dead. I'm like, unto you, Lord, I commit my spirit because I'm thinking we're about to die right here, right now. And so we go into this room that was upstairs. We took our shoes off in this one room and then we go into this other room and there was, there was hardly anybody in there at the moment. But all of a sudden, all of these um, Somali Muslims start filing in for their time of worship and they start coming in and we, we were kind of towards the front of the room where we kind of just start getting pushed back further and further and further. And finally, we're just standing with our back up against the wall um, and, and there's probably 400 Somali men in there worshiping Allah, um, going through their worship service. And, and, and I've never seen anything like this in my life. And I tell you that story because when we were standing there, it was, we were the only two white American Christians in the whole place out of about 400 men. And I can't tell you how uncomfortable it felt being in that room 
We got some different looks and, and some of the people were really nice, some of them not so nice. And, uh, and, and we got some really interesting looks while we were in there. But I can't tell you how uncomfortable that felt for me. And the reason I say that is to say this, that many times that's how people feel when they come to church. Many times that's how people feel when they go through their daily lives is they feel very uncomfortable. They feel like they don't fit. They feel like there's something that, that other people look at them and see something as being wrong. But I believe this and with all my heart that this church and the church should be the place that anyone can come into and find a place that they belong. Anyone should be able to come in and be able to feel comfortable because they're loved on by people who love the same God that they love. And today I want us to really think about that. I want us to think about that because unfortunately the church should be the most united and diverse place on the face of the earth. Unfortunately, it's not. The church in the United States is still the most segregated place that there is. And so we've got work to do. We've got work to do in our hearts. We've got work to do in our communities so that we can be the church that God created us to be, to lose the prejudice. And prejudice meaning a prejudgment, prejudging someone for what they look like, what they have, what they um, wear, how much money they have, what color they are, any of those things, any of these prejudgments that we make about people, they've got to go. They've got to be eradicated. They can't, they have no place in the church. And so we're going to talk about that today. And I really, today, I want to give you some principles to overcoming prejudice. And these are things that I feel like God has shown me out of his word that we've got to come to and got to realize if we're going to ever get to the point that God wants us to be, if we're ever going to become the people that God wants us to be. And, and the first principle I want you to hear, if you're taking notes, you can write this down, is that no one stands higher than, the, uh, than another at the cross. No one stands higher than another at the cross. And I was reading this verse in verse, uh, chapter 3 of Galatians, verse 28. And it says, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And I thought about how we are, no, no one is any better than the other. We're all one in Christ. And no one stands higher than the other at the cross. Because we must all come to a place of humbling ourselves at the foot of the cross. We, we, we've got to see that, as it says in here, that, that there's nothing that separates us when we come to the cross, that we're all the same, that we all have to humble ourselves at the feet of Jesus, at the foot of the cross, if we're going to see things clearly. If we're really going to see life the way life is intended to be seen. Because see, here's the thing. Our beginning is the same for all of us. We were all created in the image of God. We all have the image of God within us. It's marred and it's, 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 it's not perfect like it was created in Genesis 1.26 when God said, let's make man, let's make him in our image. We've got to see though that we have the same beginning. We've got to see that our flaw is the same. Romans 3.23 tells us that, that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that all of us have the same flaw. We've got to see that our need is the same. Every single one of us needs a savior. 
Every single one of us needs a redeemer. And we got to see that our redemption is the same. That it's at the cross that we're redeemed. And when we come to God, we all are the same. We don't stand higher than anyone else. We don't look down on someone else. It talks about in here, it says that there's neither Jew nor Gentile. Basically, he's talking about race. And you've got to understand how much Jews hated Gentiles and Gentiles hated Jews. Jews thought of Gentiles as dogs. They, they couldn't stand them. They would rather, you know, to, to not have been born, they'd have been born a Gentile, which is a non-Jewish person. It's most of us in this room, probably all of us. And so they hated each other. But he's saying there's neither Jew nor Gentile. He goes on and says that there's neither slave nor free. He's saying there's no status here. There's not one person better than the other according to who you are or what you do or what you have. He's saying, listen, we're all the same. We're all the same in this. We're, there's no difference in status. There's nothing that makes one better than the other. He says there's neither male nor female. So there's no, there's no difference in sex and how we're seen in the eyes of God that we all come to him on an equal playing field. Different, yes, but the same in God's love. And so we need to see that and understand that and realize that and realize that he's talking here very much too about a religious background. And so you see there, there's a race thing he's dealing with. You see in there that there's a religious background thing that he's dealing with. There's a status thing that he's dealing with and there's a sexual thing that he's dealing with from the standpoint of male and female. And what he's saying is that we're all the same in Christ. We're all the same in Christ. Christ. It doesn't mean, listen, it doesn't mean that differences don't exist because they do. It just means they don't matter when we see the gospel. They just don't matter anymore. Those differences are all washed in the blood of Christ and we're all one person, one body together. That's why verse 26 can say, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. That we're all children of God, born of God. And so when we come to Christ, we've got to understand that we all come in the same way, with the same beginning, the same flaw, the same need, the same redemption, the cross. And we've got to humble ourselves at the foot of the cross if we're going to truly see the way God wants us to see. The second principle I'll tell you is that our need is not based on our pedigree or appearance. It's a lot of what he just dealt with in those verses. But I want you to see that our need, our need for a savior, our need for redemption is not based on our pedigree. It's not based on our background. It's not based on where we come from. It's not based on our religious history. It's not based on any of those things. It's not based on our appearance is not based on what I look like. It's not based on the color of my skin. Basically, what we've got to see is that the reality is we all have the same flaw and it's not based on any of those things. What it's based on is sin, that we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory, that we all have the same need of redemption. We all have the same need of salvation. Listen to Galatians 23 through 25 again. He says, before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came, that he might be justified by faith. Now that faith has, had, now that this faith has come, we're no longer under 
a guardian. What's all that talking about? Basically what he's telling us is that before the coming of this faith, before salvation in Jesus, we were all in the same place. We were all guilty before God. We were all in the same boat. And he's saying that God's telling us that it's not based off of, again, our guilt is not based off of the color of our skin. It's not based off of, of our status or our pedigree. It's not based off of our past. It's based off of the fact that we've all sinned and fallen short. And he says that we were locked up under the law, held in bondage to sin. And the law is basically able to be broken up into three different categories. The moral law, the ceremonial law, and the civil law. And as a whole, this law, this Jewish law that they held to, it was there to reveal God's will in his heart to Israel. The civil law was about how they were to govern the nation of Israel. The moral law was about how they were to live as a people. And the ceremonial law was about how they were to make themselves clean and right before God. But here's the thing that's interesting. Here's the thing that's cool is that Jesus came and he fulfilled all of the law. In Matthew 5, 17, he says this. He says, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill the law. And he fulfilled the entire law, the civil law. He created a new Israel. He created a new nation. He gave us a new identity so that people who come to Christ now are the new Israel that he has created. A nation of all ethnicities, cultures, and races. He, he fulfilled the moral law. He lived a life that we couldn't live, fulfilling the moral law. He lived perfectly without sin. So he was able to fulfill that law in our lives and for our lives. And so we see that he fulfilled the moral law. And then the ceremonial law, that was basically how they would make themselves clean before God. It was certain ways of washing hands and sacrifices and all of these different things. Jesus came and fulfilled all of those things so that now the way we're made clean is that we come to Christ and he makes us clean through his sacrifice and the shedding of his blood. So that when we see this, it shows us again that our need is based off of our guilt that we have before God until we come to Christ. Verse 25, it says now, or some translations say, but now that this faith has come. But now means that you aren't the same anymore. It means that your guilt has been taken away. It means that you've been set free from sin, made right with God and right with each other. And so when we look at this, we see that we all share this in common when we're in Christ, that we all have the same fatal flaw, but the answer for each one of us is the same is Jesus. And the blood of Christ washes away any difference that stood between us. He tears down all of these things. Listen to Ephesians. Paul wrote the letter to the Galatians. He also wrote a letter to the Ephesians. In verse 11, it says this in chapter two of Ephesians. Therefore, remember that formerly you who were Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands. Remember that at that time you were, you were separated from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel 
and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Listen to verse 14. For he himself is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. In other words, what he's saying in all of that is Jesus fulfilled all of this law. When he died on the cross, he took our sin upon his flesh, all sin, everybody's sin. And he was crucified and he took the wrath of God upon himself. And when he did that, it's talking about this difference in the Jews and Gentiles. He's saying that wall that separated them, this wall that was, there, that was the difference in them, all of their background and all of their religion and all of these things, all of that was torn down. It was demolished. And what I want you to see today that in Christ, everything that separates us has been torn down. There is no difference. There is no difference in us. There, there's differences on the outside, but in Christ, we're all the same. We're all one, we're one person, we're one in God. And so we need to see this and understand this, that the gospel is not just good news for some men, the gospel is good news to all men. It's good news to all men. And how dare us as a church, as the church, the big C church to get on our high horse and think somehow that we could be better than somebody else, to think that, 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 that worship should be segregated and separated. See, our church isn't diverse enough. There should be more African-Americans. There should be more Hispanics. There should be more people with different um, backgrounds and different pasts. Because this is what I can tell you. When we all start looking the same and smelling the same and thinking the same, we've lost our identity as the church. We've got to be a people who love and embrace people from different backgrounds. That's what the gospel is about. It's about bringing all of us together as one, as Jesus has torn down those walls of separation. And he did it in his body. How dare us continue to erect something that Jesus died to tear down? We've got to see this and check our hearts in this. The third principle of overcoming prejudice is this. There's one cross, so there's one people. I just read to you how Jesus tore this down. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but there's been a phenomenon in Statesboro over the last couple of weeks. And it's been absolutely crazy because I would get stuck in this traffic every day at some point. And it's called the Krispy Kreme phenomenon. And it's absolutely bizarre. The first day I thought I was, I, had, I thought there was a wreck. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm praying for people. I get up there and it's just a line going into Krispy Kreme. I was like, my goodness. And, and here's the thing though that I saw is that there were all kinds of people going to, to get this. There were, I could tell there were people in nice cars. There were people in old cars. I even heard one car caught on fire while it was sitting out there waiting on Krispy Kreme. I heard, I heard uh, or I saw white people. I saw black people. I saw all kinds of people. I, I saw tall people, short people, big people, small people. All that's starting to sound kind of like Dr. Seuss a little bit, but 
saw all kinds of people and, and, and they were all there for one purpose. And it hit me and I was like, if we can be that unified and that together over a stinking donut, how can we not be more so over our savior, over Christ, over the gospel that draws all men to it? Jesus said if we would lift him up, he said when he was lifted up, that he would draw all men to himself. He didn't say, I draw some men, I draw white men, I draw black men. He said, I draw all men. And we need to remember that. And we need to have that same heart that the walls have been torn down. There is no difference. We're all one in Christ. There's one cross, so there's one people. We all come to God the same way. There's no white body, there's no black body, there's no rich body, there's no poor body. We're all one body in Christ. There is no difference. And I know, listen, there's gonna be people in here who think this is wrong. And you're gonna think that by me saying this, that it's crossing a line. And that's okay because I think you're wrong. But listen, when I pray for my sons, I've got three boys. When I pray for my sons, I don't pray for them to marry a white woman. I pray for them to marry a godly woman. I pray for them to marry a Christian woman. If my three boys end up doing that and they have godly women in their lives the way I have a godly woman in my life, and one of my greatest prayers will have been answered. There is no white. There is no black. And listen, if you have a problem with that, you need to check your heart. Because I don't believe, not based off of what I see in Scripture, that that's where we need to be. The fifth thing is really sort of a conclusion because we realize that no one stands higher than another at the cross. We realize that our need is not based on our pedigree or appearance. We realize that there is one cross, there is one people. We realize, and the, the next one is this, that we can't follow Jesus and practice prejudice at the same time. It's impossible. It's anti-gospel. It goes against the very grain of what Jesus came and did and taught and lived. We even see it though that, that, that in some way we're all susceptible to it. If you go back to Galatians chapter two, you find the apostle Peter caught in this. He's caught up in this whole thing of, of trying to, to, to separate himself from Gentiles. Peter was a Jew. He, he would eat with Gentiles until certain men came who were Jewish. And then he started separating himself again. And the crazy thing about it is this is the apostle Peter. And so we see that we can all be susceptible to it. But not even Peter could get away with it because Paul came and rebuked him. He said, Peter, you know this is not right. 
This is wrong. He said, are you really gonna go back and try to live the way you used to live according to all these rules and all of these things? He said, no. He said, you've got to come to a place where you leave all of that behind and you accept them the same way you've been accepted. Peter had to break out of his traditions, out of what he had been taught for a lot of years. And he had to come to a place where he realized and was able to accept that others were as acceptable in Christ as he is. And so Paul had to come and rebuke him in that. Therefore, since these things are true, that no one stands higher than another at the cross, that our need is not based on our pedigree or appearance, that there is one cross, that there's one people, and that you can't follow Jesus and practice prejudice at the same time. Therefore, the beginning of the end of prejudice is the gospel. The beginning of the end of prejudice is the gospel. Because listen, we don't have a black problem. We don't have a white problem. We don't have a Hispanic problem. We don't have a rich problem. We don't have a poor problem. We have a heart problem. We have a heart problem. And the reality of that is that the only way our hearts are made right with God is when they're changed by the gospel. And the gospel changes our heart. This is the only way that we're ever gonna find forgiveness, the forgiveness needed to have unity and equality in the church and in this world. It's when our hearts are transformed. See, seeing the gospel is a new way of seeing Jesus. And it's a new way of seeing people. And for many, we need to have our eyes open. to the reality of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. And we need to pray that our hearts would be transformed to be like this. Because all of these things are true, because the beginning of the end of prejudice is the gospel, we need to all realize this, and this is the last thing I'll tell you today, is that we all have a common redeemed purpose. We all have a common redeemed purpose. We are in Christ, we have a redeemed purpose. In Genesis 1:28, God tells Adam and Eve to fulfill, the, to fill the earth, to multiply and to be fruitful and to fill the earth, subduing it. And he says in there that, that that's their role, that's their purpose, is to fill the earth with the glory of God. See, our purpose is the same. It's still to fulfill the earth with the glory of God. It's to do what God's told us to do. Now that we've been redeemed in Christ, we have the ability once again to fill the earth with God's glory. And we need to see this. See, God made a promise to Abraham. You've probably heard of Abraham in the Old Testament. He made a promise to Abraham. If you track our faith, it goes all the way back through, all the way to Abraham and beyond, really. But he made a promise to Abraham that Abraham's seed or Abraham's descendants, that his descendants would be a blessing to all nations, to all people. And we see that that's still our purpose today. That our purpose is still to go and be that blessing 
that the, the way that this promise was fulfilled to Abraham was through Christ so that now we all come to Christ. And then we all have the same purpose to go out and be a redemptive body in the world. And so God's called us to this, to be a blessing to all nations. That's what he tells us to do. And, and I don't know if you picked up on this throughout this message, but we have a whole lot of stuff in common. We got a lot in common. Our purpose is the same. Our savior is the same. Our need is the same. All of these things are the same. And we let such little things divide us. Whether it's color or denominations or whatever it might be, we let little things divide us. But the Bible says that Jesus tore down the walls of hostility, those things that divided. And I want to tell you how this worked. It worked because, first of all, Jesus had to tear down the wall of hostility between us and God that sin had caused. But when Jesus died for our sin, punishing our sin so that we don't have to be punished, it made peace between us and God. It made peace between us. And so the first reconciliation, the first barrier that was torn down was vertical. It was between us and God. But then he also tore down horizontal barriers, barriers between us and each other so that we could see differently, so that we could think differently, so that we could walk differently, so we could love differently than the world around us. And so today, I wanna ask you if you're living out what Jesus died to give us. A reconciled life with God and a reconciled life with each other. In fact, that's how I wanna give you the invitation today. Is first, have you been reconciled to God? Maybe today you realize my life's never been given to the Father. I've never come to faith in Jesus. I've never given him my life. But today, you know that God's telling you that today's the day to do that. Today's the day of salvation for you. And you have that opportunity right now to say yes to a relationship with God. And maybe God's spoken something to your heart just in hearing how he's reconciled us to himself. Maybe God has spoken something to your heart. Here's the thing I would ask you then, or challenge you with is to respond to that prompting. Respond to his invitation, what he's putting in your heart. But if you've never been saved, you've never come to Jesus, you've never had a relationship with him, but God is leading you in that way now. Then take your step of faith and say yes to him. If you're here today and that's you, I want you to raise your hand and say, I wanna know Christ. You've never done this before, but today is a day of salvation for you. You guys just drawing, amen. You guys just drawing you close. God's just drawing you close. Anybody else today that you would say yes to a relationship with Christ? Then here's what I wanna do today. I wanna pray. And while I'm praying, if you join me 
and saying, whatever it takes, we're gonna become the church that God wants us to become. That I wanna see things through the lens of Christ. That I wanna live my life in light of the gospel. And whatever it takes, I wanna be a part of the church being the church. I'm gonna ask you while I'm praying, I'm gonna ask you to stand. And you just stand to your feet and let's just say together that we're going to be the body of Christ. It's not gonna be hindered or limited by by status. It's not gonna be limited by our past. It's not gonna be limited to our background. It's not gonna be limited by our race. It's not gonna be limited by anything. In fact, it's gonna be propelled simply by the power of the cross. And if you're willing to join me in that, then I just want you to take a step of faith today and I want you to stand to your feet and I want you to stand up. I'm gonna pray, you stand. Let's respond as a church. Father, thank you so much for your love for us and your grace. Thank you, God, that you call us as one. You call us to be one body. You call us to be one church. Help us to do that, God. Give us your spirit. Help us to see the way Jesus sees. For those of us who aren't there yet, God, thank you for your patience to move us along. Let us love each other the way you love, God. Let us welcome others the way you've welcomed us. Let us be used to call others to yourself, God. We love you and we thank you for loving us and for the grace you give us, the power of the gospel. Jesus, I pray for those in here today who their hearts are hurting. I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit would overwhelm them and that God, you would begin to comfort them right now. God, I pray that whatever the storm is in their life, that you would speak peace to it now. Lord, we love you, we praise you, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you guys. Have an awesome week this week.